Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. I am here by myself today. Ashley is still out celebrating her anniversary, so happy anniversary to her. And I am heading to the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts on Tuesday night to see the national tour of Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. So I'm going to go alone. But since we didn't have a show yesterday, there is a ton of news for us to get through. So I'm going to dive right into it. But if you want to hear every Broadway Radio episode before you can hear it anywhere else, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. As you know, anything that you were able to contribute to Patreon helps us keep all the work we do here at Broadway Radio going. We could not do this without you. So we appreciate anybody who is able to go over there and become a subscriber. Not only do you get all of those episodes before anywhere else, you get other perks like being able to listen live and to participate in the recordings of every episode of This Week on Broadway and some more stuff that we will discuss moving forward. But let's dive into the news. And first off, on Monday night, we had the opening of the latest Broadway show. It only had like four days of previews. It is Alex Edelman's Just For Us, which officially opened at the Hudson Theater. It is only a nine week run. It is scheduled to close on August 19th. There probably is not much room for an extension because coming into the Hudson Theater shortly thereafter will be the off-Broadway transfer of Merrily We Roll Along. So. Just For Us is a one-person show written and performed by Alex Edelman and directed by the late Adam Brace. He has done this show not only in New York, Grace and I saw it, sat front row, but it has done it across the country and over in Europe as well. It is a show that is described thusly. In the wake of a string of anti-Semitic threats pointed in his direction online, stand-up comic Alex Edelman decides to go straight to the source. Specifically... Queens, where he covertly attends a meeting of white nationalists and comes face to face with the people behind the keyboards. What happens next forms the backbone of the shockingly relevant, utterly hilarious, and only moderately perspirant stories that comprise Just For Us. Grace and I saw it a year or so ago, I think, and it was fantastic. I, you know, Grace is much more in the world of solo performance, storytelling, and comedy. But I think we were both kind of blown away by everything that Alex does in this show. So we highly recommend it. But, you know, you listen to us, so maybe take our word for it. But if you don't want to take our word for it, you can head over to the review aggregator site, Did They Like It, where they have collected nine reviews as of publication time. All nine of them were positive, including Jesse Green from The New York Times, who made the show a critic's pick. He wrote, quote, It may be too much to ask a human hummingbird like Alex Edelman to try to stick to the subject. In Just For Us, his three jokes per minute one-man show, he zooms from punchline to punchline almost as fast as he caroms around the stage in the Hudson Theater. If you haven't read about his act coming to Broadway, you might assume from his introduction, in which he describes his usual style as benign silliness and says, this isn't Ibsen, that you are in for a cheerful evening of laughs. And even though he's telling a story about white supremacy, you are. That's the glory and also the slight hitch of Just For Us. No, it's not Ibsen, a dramatist rarely noted for zinging one-liners, but it's not silliness either. Despite his rabbi on Ritalin aesthetic and its desperation to be liked at all costs, the show is so thoughtful and high-minded, it comes with a mission statement. Edelman wants to open a conversation about the place of Jews on the spectrum of whiteness without having a conversation about victimhood. Talking a little bit about the self-deprecating persona that Edelman commands on stage, Green closes his review saying, quote, This is moral vanity, Edelman admits, a professional charmer's eagerness to flatter other people's self-regard as a way of buttressing his own. That's what makes Just For Us more than a Catskills club act washed ashore on Broadway like Mason's. Talking about Jackie Mason, of course. 
For all the dumb jokes, but yes, I laughed at everyone, it winds up as a critique of both dumbness and jokes. If that's a highly indirect route to insight, it's a highly effective one too taking us through the process by which a Jew, or anyone, may learn once again that the cost of being liked at all costs is too high. Moving on to some other reviews, Greg Evans of Deadline said, quote, Just For Us lands on the theatrical stage with no need for anything but sheer storytelling bravado, energetic direction, and a terrific yarn. Haley Levitt, writing for Theater Mania, said, quote, In a moment in time when we're constantly prodded with fear and earnest pleas about love and empathy, Just For Us reminds us of humanity's silliest tendencies, which are also, mercifully, toothless. Naveen Kumar of Variety said, quote, To audiences at the Hudson Theater, Edelman's college buddy congeniality is the key to a 75-minute narrative set. How else could a nice Jewish boy walk into a meeting of white supremacists and turn his experience into hilarious social commentary? Christian Holub of Entertainment Weekly said, quote, Though similar to a stand-up comedy routine, Just For Us' focus on this meeting gives it a theatrical aura worthy of the Hudson Theater, especially when Edelman assembles stools on stage to mimic the semicircle formation he remembers. And there's a lot of physicality with a performer running back and forth. He's an energetic, self-deprecating raconteur whose stories are also quite thought-provoking. As I said, we saw it off-Broadway, uh, loved it. I'm sure Grace will have some more articulate ways to describe this show, because not only did we see it off-Broadway, she was at opening night. So next time she is on the show, which should be Friday's show, Thursday uh, in Patreon, hopefully she'll be able to say a little bit more about it then. Moving on, we got some other really, really exciting news. A number of absolute theater luminaries are getting together to work on a new musical. That show is a musical adaptation of first the original book and then the film of Imitation of Life. The book will be written by Lynn Nottage, music and lyrics by Egot Honoree and devout Ohio State Buckeye fan John Legend, and the direction will be from Liesl Tommy. The original novel was released in 1933 by Fanny Hurst, and Universal produced two film adaptations, first in 1934 with Claudette Colbert and Louise Beavers, and then 1959 with Lana Turner and Juanita Moore. The show had a private industry reading back in April over four days. Obviously, that had to go fairly well because they're making it public at this point, which can only mean that they are certainly moving towards a, uh, a future production. If you are unfamiliar with the story, it deals with the complexities and contradictions of racial identity, economic exploitation, and the limits of the American dream. The story centers on Delilah Johnston, a black mother in 1920s Atlantic City, and her daughter Piola, who passes as white, and how Delilah must navigate her friendship and business partnership with B. Pullman, um, who is a white woman, a, a stage actress, who kind of takes Delilah and her daughter in. Should be fascinating. What an amazing conglomeration of talent uh, on this creative team, which uh, hopefully will lead to lots of success. We also found out earlier this week who will be taking over as Christian in Moulin Rouge once Derek Klenna departs the production at the end of July. We now know that joining the previously announced Courtney Reed as Satine will be Casey Cott. Now you might say, I know Corey Cott, I don't know Casey Cott well. This is Corey's brother, but if you ever watch the CW show Riverdale, Casey has been one of the regulars on that seven season run playing Kevin Keller, often the person who helms the annual musical, which we've talked about here on Broadway Radio, and even though I don't watch that show, those numbers are always bonkers, so that's a lot of fun. Casey seems like a really good fit for this, and uh, 
following in his brother's footsteps leading a, uh, a big flashy Broadway musical is fun. We're gonna do some more reviews real quick. I'm only gonna run through these fairly quickly, but as we have talked about before, over at the Goodman Theater in Chicago, they are currently in the middle of a run of a newly reimagined production of The Who's Tommy. It is currently scheduled to run through August 6th. Des McEnough, who helmed the original production, is doing this one, and it sounds like this is a completely reimagined version that not only looks different, but sounds different as well. In the cast is Adam Jacobs as Tommy's father, Allison Luff as his mother, Bobby Conti is in the show as cousin Kevin, Christina Sajus is playing the Acid Queen, and this is one we've heard a long time about wanting to come to Broadway, and based off these reviews, as few as they are, it sounds like it has a chance. Let's start with Chris Jones of the Chicago Tribune, who said, quote, the new Tommy is a visually and sonically overwhelming show, but in the positive sense of that word. Its spectacle is mitigated by a startlingly accurate sense of its milieu. In the original staging, which I well remember, the images of provincial British life felt less rooted, less actualized, and less authentic, even as the show traverses the war years to the 1980s and yet beyond. This time, the requisite stylization still is there, but with a far better sense of everyday life. Patrick McDonald, writing for Hollywood Chicago, said, quote, Although the book has some clunky parts, it's the staging of the story that gives it the power. The look of the production is spectacular, as the minimalist sets are augmented by cutting-edge digital tech that expands the horizons through virtual design. And finally, Misha Davenport, writing for Broadway World, said, quote, McEnough's flawless direction of the cast of 29, coupled with minimal set design by David Korins, lighting by Amanda Zevi, and truly extraordinary projection design by Peter Negrini, craft an experience that at times feels like a living, breathing work of art that is operatic in scope. If Broadway doesn't snatch this show up, opera companies should. Pretty exciting. We'll have to wait and see if this show makes its way to Broadway. I, I would think that this could have a fairly successful commercial run. I don't know if they would need to stunt cast it at all, um, but the cast that it has in Chicago right now is filled with Broadway standouts and uh, would, would certainly be incredible from a performance standpoint. We'll have to see what it would be like in terms of ticket sales. One of the things that happened on Monday night, as you probably know, was the annual Jimmy Awards celebration that happened at the Minskoff Theater. And they crowned two winners, one boy, one girl. The girl was from Long Island, New York, a representative of the Roger Reese Awards for Excellent in Student Performance. And that was Lauren A. Marchant. She performed as Elsa in the character Medley and then did a solo performance of With You from Ghost to the Musical. Obvious Casey Levy connections there. And then the boy winner, was from Austin, Texas, named Langston Lee. He is the Heller Awards for Young Artists. He did uh, My Petersburg and the group number, and then did a solo performance of Wandering from the Bridges of Madison County. We will have a link uh, in there so you can watch both of their solo performances. I'll also have videos of every performance from the Jimmy Awards if you want to check those out. So congratulations to them. I'm sure you will be collecting your Tonys in three, four years time. In other news, something uh, pretty exciting, Hamilton has become the first original Broadway cast recording to be certified as Diamond. What that means is that it has gone 10 times multi-platinum. Of course, to be a platinum album, 
that means you must have at least 1 million units sold. So it has sold over 10 million units since its release in 2016. Playbill updated a previous article that they had that has all 43 of the cast albums that have been certified gold, starting with The Sound of Music back in 1960, going all the way up through Hamilton as well. So congratulations to Lin-Manuel Miranda, who just keeps raking in more and more money. Yesterday, Broadway World's uh, industry editor, Kara Joy David, released an article about a former Hades Town company member named Kim Moore, who performed under the name Kim Steele, and how she is currently suing the production of Hades Town for violating what she believes are several counts of race discrimination and retaliation laws under New York State, New York City, and federal statutes. Essentially, the suit alleges that Moore was a respected member of the company, but was fired soon after complaining about racial discrimination. Uh, I won't get into all of the he said, she said back and forth stuff, but if you want to read more details about that, uh, you can feel free to do so in the link in the show notes. All right, we will wrap up the show with a handful of feel-good recommendations. The first one is the opening number from Broadway Bears Pleasure Island, in which we see Jonathan Burke, Jay Armstrong Johnson, Jessica Bosk, and more performing. So check that out. And then Grace mentioned this on Monday's episode about the cast of parade performing pride themed lyrics to the song Old Red Hills of Home. Uh, when we recorded that episode, it was not yet released on Playbill, but on Monday afternoon, Playbill released it. So I wanted to include that in the show notes. All right, that is all that we have for you today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.